We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. My name is Vince D'Addario, and with me as always is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher here at irishbreakdown.com. And today, we actually get to see some live football, Brian. And I know that you're excited about it because I'm excited about it. And even though it's the Senior Bowl, uh, so it's not competition as in a regular game but this is competition for these guys because they're trying to put some stuff on tape uh to you know escalate their nfl draft status so there's something to be playing for uh it's not just your typical you know all-star game or things of that nature these guys are playing and there's six notre dame players that participated in practice going into the senior bowl five of which are going to play in this game this is important and um we're going to kind of go over, you know, I know you've had a chance to watch a lot of the film of practice. Had a chance to watch all the film of oh, practice. Well, there you At go. least all the film of the Notre Dame players. I, yes. I, I've, so I focused on the national team this week. And, and the you know, practices are probably more important than the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I mean, there's a, a numerous amount of Notre Dame players that have helped themselves by oh, yeah. going through the Senior Bowl excuse me, the Senior Bowl activities, practice game, etc. cetera. Uh, why don't you name off some of those guys and kind of how yeah, it helped Zach, stock. Zach Martin really skyrocketed up draft boards after the Senior Bowl. Quentin Nelson helped himself. You know, again, helped himself, meaning like he was always going to be a high pick, but, you know, maybe go from 11 to 6 kind of yeah, thing. Right. Uh, you, you know, uh, Drew Tranquil a couple years ago did a great job uh, because it's also – it's not just practice, but you're doing interviews, you're, you're around coaches. 
you know, if you act like a jerk the whole week, then those coaches are yeah. going to be calling and telling their other friends in the coaching business. Uh, you know, but if you're also someone who's, who's, you know, Drew Tranquil was considered a cap was named a captain on his, on his senior bowl team. And, and you know, that stuff matters, you know, yeah, had a great right. week of practice. Uh, Troy pride and chase Claypool both last year had great weeks of practice, uh, which we saw vault them up the boards. And then when, when Claypool followed it up with a great combine that sent him from people talking about him being third, fourth round pick to a second round pick with some people even thinking maybe late first, which is, you know, ultimately after his rookie year is it yeah. showed that's where he should have been picked, but, sure. um, you know, so so it's it's really a tr it's a great opportunity for players to to prove things. You know that that look if you're a top five if you're a locked in top five pick you're not going to be here. You know, I mean, just it's just you right. know it just it's not going to happen. I mean, that's why he, you know he's not a senior, but that's why you wouldn't see Trevor Lawrence at an event like this. But sure. we've seen guys, you know, and it's not just another name, guys. Justin Herbert, you know, did a great job at the Senior Bowl last year, and that vaulted him up, and he ended up being a you know top ten pick. So. um you know, I, I think it's a great event. It's an opportunity to go through practice, to do one-on-ones. It's a very competitive practice. I mean, they do, they do, uh, you know, teaching drills and footwork drills and things like that. So there's a lot of teaching involved, but there's a ton of one-on-ones. There's a ton of team drills. There's a ton of seven-on-sevens. And so uh, we got, I got to watch all those reps, which is a lot of fun. Getting the practice field, at, uh, you know, video this year was was a lot of fun. You see so much more than watching it on just you know NFL Network sure. or ESPN, and you know, hoping to see a, a rep here, a rep there from another name guy. So uh, that was that was good to see. And uh, you know, it was, I, I think that it's a, you know, like I said, it's an opportunity to to really start the draft process off with a on a strong note. And then now it's about building on that. You know, and and it's different for each guy. Each guy has something different to prove. Sure, you know, yeah. some guys it's hey. They just want to see what you look like. The film is great. They want to see what you look like. Other guys, it's, you know, hey, we, we want to see, you know, we need to see you. Okay, you know, Robert Hainsey, for example, we'll talk about him. But, you know, he checked in at over 300 pounds. That was huge for him. Okay, well, can he move? You know, did he put on 15 pounds so that way he can weigh in over 300 pounds, but then he, you know, he looked stiff or slow? Or, or did he carry that weight well? Those are the things that they're going to be looking to see. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, the game is the final end-all, be-all. But the game is more of a a sort of a, a putting a bow on it you know sure. it's, yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't trump the the practices and vice versa it's just another part of the evaluation process but i do think it's an important part of the evaluation process all right well let, let's let's go through these guys um and we'll start on the defensive side of the ball and kind of what you saw at practice uh up to this point and maybe what you need or want to see in the game uh from those guys so defensive side of the ball uh we've got uh, Adeo Gandeji. Uh, Ade de Kumbo, Owen Deja. There you go. His mom likes to throw his mom first likes it. It's and like, hey, I, she gave him a sweet name, and then people just kind of go lazy with it. So well, I, I, yeah, I have stopped doing the uh, the, the shorter <laughs> name and respecting mama's wishes and giving and going with the long one. And I don't blame you. Uh, and Dalen Hayes obviously is on the on the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball as well. So the two starting defensive ends for Notre Dame are in the Senior Bowl. What have you seen from them up to this point, and what do you want to see from them? in the game? Well, I think with Ogun Dishi, you know, for me, I, I he checked in. He had the longest wingspan and the longest arms of anybody at the event. And there was almost 20 defensive men, or over 20 defensive linemen, I believe. And, you know, I, I thought he'd have long arms. I didn't think they'd be quite – I mean, they were longer than Khalid Kareem. I mean, and Khalid Kareem had freakishly long arms at the, at the combine last year. So uh, that was good for him. I thought his first two days were really good. Uh, I thought his third day wasn't as good, uh, but he also was playing inside a lot more. They were doing a lot more 3-4 on day hmm. three, 
Uh, and okay. so we, we saw him playing more like inside and as a power player. That's not really his game. He's an edge guy. Uh, I think, you know, where he did well inside was during one-on-ones where it was pass rushing. You know, so like if you're in a nickel situation, you go inside. I thought his pass rush moves were good for the most part. I thought he was very effective on the edge. Uh, he had some really good moments. In fact, the first two days, the only rep I had Robert Hainsey losing was to Ogandiji as in a, in a one-on-one drill. Huh. So uh, his and, and we saw him really set the edge well in the run game. I want to see that carry into the senior bowl. But what I want to see from him in the senior bowl is just kind of finish off some plays. You know, I think he was very good, very active. Uh, but, you know, he couldn't finish off a couple sacks because you're not allowed to hit the quarterback. So would yeah, he have finished right. the sacks off? I don't know. It's always hard to tell those in practices. Uh, so I want to see him make a couple plays. I think that's the big thing for him. I think he helped himself this week in a lot of ways. Uh, but now I want to see him finish the game off by by being productive. Um, with Dalen Hayes, he was a little bit more up and down than than Ogundiji was in practice. Okay. You know, there were moments where he had some really good reps, uh, and then some moments where he just kind of got glued onto a guy. And I think that's always been a bit of a problem for Dalen is when he trusts his technique, when he plays an edge, when he you know when he looks to go for the kill, he he is really good. But then there's just a lot of plays where he just runs right down the middle of a guy, and it worked one time on day one and got this highlight rep that everybody put on Twitter. But the next four times he did it, the guy stoned him because he's just right. running right down the middle of a guy, you know, and it's one of those fool me once, shame on, you know, you know, you, <laughs> but fool me twice, shame on me. You're not going to beat me with a bull rush twice, you know, right. but he just doesn't have those, those counter moves. I'd like to see. Uh, he had a couple early spin moves that were effective, but as people saw it, they started reacting to it and be- being better prepared to handle it. So, for Dalen, it's just be more consistent. Uh, they had him playing three, four outside linebacker on day three, which I thought was good for him because I think that's a position he really fits in the NFL. Um, did well in, in a few limited snaps and coverage. Got beat once on a corner route uh, that Ian Book threw at him. You know, so again, just that up and downness of Dalen Hayes. So uh, in the game today, he needs to he needs to be he needs to be consistent, and I think he needs to really flash and make some plays. If you weren't great during a week of practice, I think there's even more pressure on you to have a yeah. great game. And yeah. he's in that situation where I think he needs to make a few plays in the game to kind of put a good, you know, good kind taste in people's mouth. Yeah. Didn't have a bad week by any stretch. Don't get me wrong. It just it wasn't he was never dominated. He never got blown off a ball. It just was he did his job and he just wasn't flashy and, you know, and but he and he's capable of being more flashy and that's the mm-hmm. thing that you want to see from him so um, okay. it's almost like he's too much of a team player sometimes i just want to see him say hey i'm going to go make this play and during the season at notre dame we saw that you know georgia tech he just said okay we need somebody needs to make a play i'm going to be the one to make it you know uh, clemson in overtime clemson, you know, coming yeah. up with that big sack so you know he, he did it at times i just think sometimes he's too much of a team player and sometimes i just want to see him say hey i'm better than this dude across from me and i'm going to go embarrass him and get to the quarterback right no i get that and uh, so it's going to be fun to watch those guys on defense. Four guys on offense, three mm-hmm. of which are going to play in the game. Let's talk about Ben Skoran first, uh, since he will be the one that started practice, but then had to go home uh, due to an injury. Yeah, he 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 struggled. You know, he he had trouble getting separation. I thought he had trouble getting off the line. You know, I mean, that's something that's been an issue for Notre Dame receivers for several years is when they play guys that are long and compressed, they don't have really any kind of advanced technique to get off the line. Uh, and I think that hurt him during this yeah. week. And, and really the whole, the whole national receiver tight end squad for the most part, with the exception of like one tight end 
kind of struggled during the week with getting off press and and getting separation. But Ben had some issues and didn't play the ball overly well. You know, there was a couple times I thought uh, Ian Book actually hit him on a couple deep routes where even one time Ian should have led him, but he tried to throw a back shoulder instead of leading him. It was the one time Ben got separation and got on top. Uh, and instead of throwing it over the top, Liam tried to throw or Ian tried to throw a back shoulder. And uh, he just didn't play the ball real well. Yeah. I think he was pressing a lot, and I think a couple thing hurt him too is he got a couple balls broken up early where he, you know, he was in tight coverage and the DBs made plays. And I think that kind of, I think at that point in time he started thinking, I got, I got to step up, I got to make a play, and he just started pressing, and he and he didn't show kind of the ball skills that you'd expect a guy like him to show. Uh, so I think that hurt him, um, and he was mostly outside too. And I've as I've said. When he was at Notre Dame, Ben Skoranek's best position is when you move him around, get him in the slot, get him moving, and you get him off the press because he's not an overly, right. a, you know, a sudden player. He doesn't have great foot quickness, so he's not ever going to really be great getting off the press. Uh, whereas Chase Claypool could have been with better technique, and and we saw that as a rookie in the NFL, he was much better getting off the press in the NFL than he was in college. Um, you know, Ben doesn't have that suddenness, that agility. He's a guy that needs to be utilized to get off the line. And, and of course, it's hard to do that when you're doing one-on-ones because you sure. just got to line up and go play. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, but he obviously went home. He had a foot injury, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he will not be participating in the game. Did he help his stock at all uh, to get drafted? No, I don't think so. I mean, okay. and he's got a lot of film. I mean, he's got over 130 career catches, so there's a lot of film to watch of him. I don't think this event is going to cause anyone who who liked him to get him off Change. the board. Because if a okay. coach liked him, the coach is going to be smart enough to see what he does well, and and you're not going to be surprised by the fact he struggles to get okay. off the line because you would have seen it on film, you know. So sure. I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt him with with any coaches that are scouts that maybe have liked him. It just didn't yeah. help him. I got you, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think people that didn't like him because of his lack of athleticism are going to look at the practice and be like, yep, see, there you go. So he basically just confirmed who he, who he is and, yeah. and didn't really do anything to, to, to answer some of the, the criticisms. So uh, offensive linemen. Now, I think this is where your tune changes a little bit as far as uh, what these guys were able to do uh, to help themselves potentially uh, during the practice time. So we've got Aaron Banks. And we've got Robert Hainsey. Uh, and I will throw out there that Liam Eikenberg was invited, initially accepted the invitation to the Senior Bowl, but then decided not to participate. Is that because it kind of the haze in the barn with, with Liam? Or um, you know, do you know what the reasoning behind that was? I got a couple different answers, and it just sounds kind of like just a little banged up, wanting to okay. a little bit extra time to heal up, but nothing okay. official from him, nothing major, um, just – Felt probably had an agent that said, "Hey, you know, it's best for you to not be there." Which okay. is disappointing. Not not disappointing. Like I'm disappointed in him. Disappointing for me as an evaluator because uh, the tackle play down there wasn't great. Yeah, and there was a couple guys down there that are considered top prospects. Alex Leatherwood and um, I didn't. He wasn't anything special. I watched just a little bit of him. Wasn't anything special. Uh, Liam Eikenberg would have been the best tackle here by far. And, and I think that could have been de- huge for him. Yeah. yeah. And there weren't great edge rushers. So I think he would have dominated. So, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Like, he's another guy. He's got what 38 career consecutive starts under his belt. You know, I right. don't, I don't know how much you're going to need to see from him. Sure. Um, well, but, you know, how some uh, coaches are, they like to see oh, yeah. stuff in person. I oh mean, yeah. 
you know, practice reps mean more to them than game reps. Yeah, and that's co- why I think coaches. it was a missed opportunity for him to yeah. kind of come down here and, and thrive. But, yeah. you know, but uh, the two guys that were here had some very good moments. One was really good and one was good at times. And, you know, at other uh, times showed some, need some work. Well, let's talk about good at times. I believe that would be Aaron Banks. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about Aaron Banks and where he stands going into this game. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron to me, just has to be consistent in this game. You know, yeah. I, look, there there were some some really impressive things from him this week, and, and we'll dive more into specifics of what I saw from him ne- tomorrow, but uh, it, it's what you saw from him on film, Vince. It's, it's yeah. at times he's dominate, dominating. And then at times his technique is sloppy and he doesn't finish and, you know, and, and he gets beat by guys that he has no business getting beat by, you know? And, right. and so that was what he did during the week of practice too. And, and uh, I'll say this, the, the issues he mainly had were during the one-on-one periods. He was very good during team. And if, if I'm a line coach, I'm going to want the guy that plays well during team more than the guy that is that one-on-one hero, you know? Yeah. And, and so that was the good thing I saw for me is, and, and that's what I want to see today. I want to see Aaron Banks come out and be physical, be dominant, and be consistent You know, with his execution. And if he can do that, I think he's going to cap off. It was a good week for him. It wasn't a great week because there was some inconsistency, but it was a good week from him. And I think the big thing is you know, he checked in at over 330 pounds. And so okay. you wonder, like, what's his agility going to be like? What's his, what's his endurance going to be like? And I think those things checked out. But you know, to me, if he can finish the week off with a really strong performance in the bowl game, I think that's going to kind of answer any questions about, you know, his size and those kind of things. So, um, you know, so I think that's a, to, to me, that's a, that's a big thing for him is just cap the week off. You know, I don't think he did anything to necessarily raise his stock yet to this point, because I think he showed the okay. same guy that he's on film, but you now go into a game setting where you're going against guys you haven't been going against all week because that because yeah, today it's national versus team, American yeah. during the week right, it's right. just national versus national. Have uh, they always I been think, national and American? That no, team they names? used to be north and south. North this and is south. the first okay. year. Yeah, okay. This is the first year they went to American versus national. Okay, I thought that that was that so that they could get some of the north and south guys playing together. Well, or, it, they had a lot of reasons. I mean, it's also it's like you know you've had you who, what do you do with the guys from you know California? You know what yeah, I mean? Like right. they're part of the South, and I just think you know when you look at you get North South, there's a lot more college football teams in the South than there are sure. what are considered the North. You yeah, know, and so point. just making it and it allows you to kind of mix things up. You can get some Southern guys, okay. with some Northern guys, and those kind more of more control over the rosters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and you can get more balance on the sure. roster too. That makes sense. Uh, without saying, like, how is that guy on the northern team? You know what I mean? Right, like, so right, right, um, right, right. You know, I think that's how it goes. No, it makes sense. All right, sorry for that little interruption. All right, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> let's talk about Robert Hainsey because I think, based on everything I've heard from you uh, and everything I've heard from others, he had one heck of a week of practice. Yeah, of all the of all the guys, I think there were two, three guys to me of the Notre Dame players that really helped their stock a lot. We have we got one more we're going to talk about. Ogan yep. Bijou was one. I think Robert Hainsey was the other. And as I've been tweeting all week, like Robert Hainsey is one of the most overlooked and underappreciated offensive linemen I've ever seen at Notre Dame. I I had somebody on Twitter after I talked about how good he was. Somebody, somebody on Twitter actually responded and said, no, maybe it was Facebook to to the story I did. I wish he would have done that at Notre Dame. And I'm thinking, what? This guy was a four-year starter, was a starter on the 2017 team that won the Joe Moore Award, was a starter on the 2020 team that was basically the runner-up for the Joe Moore Award. 
He was a two-time captain, and he was an outstanding football player for Notre Dame. Like, what more do you want? What? What? <laughs> but what it is is Robert Hainsey is the least flashy, uh, charismatic guy you'll ever see. He's not sure. a guy that's out there, like, woofing it up. I mean, he's a typical offensive lineman. He's just out there doing his job. He's not a guy, you know, like Mike McGlinchey. I think that's what hurt Zach Martin at Notre Dame, too. You know, Zach Martin didn't have, and Robert Hainsey didn't have those dominant, like driving a guy seven yards off the ball, putting him on the ground blocks like Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey had. Uh, you know, he didn't have the freaky measurables that Ronnie Stanley had, you right. know, where, where those guys stand out, you know, sure. and, and they get a lot of attention. And But if you look at his pro football focus grades, if you look at my grades for him week after week, I mean, Robert Hainsey just steps up and does his job, snap after snap, week after week, season after season. And and he bounced back from what was a pretty bad injury last year against Virginia Tech. You know, I mean, right. he, bro- he broke his ankle pretty bad. Yeah. And I saw and no that's important for an offensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. And I saw no ill effects from that. And and the other thing too is, I believe it was his left foot, which is like okay. your base plant foot as a right tackle. And so saw no ill effects of that. I thought he got better in the run game this year. I thought he was really good in the pass game. He's always been really good in the pass game. And Notre Dame's tackles had to go against some really good defensive ends this year. I mean, Duke, Pitt, I mean, just going, even Florida State, as bad as they are, has pretty good NFL caliber defensive linemen. Clemson twice, Alabama. So there were some really good edge players they had to go against this year, and I thought he was outstanding. And then, of course, this week at the Senior Bowl, he played center and guard. And so today I expect him to to get a lot of work at center, and what I want to see from him is, you know, what we didn't see during the week of practice was just the cons- if he's going to play center, which I'm hearing he may play center a lot today because the guy who who uh, from Wisconsin Whitewater who had been playing a lot of center hurt his hand and, and he may not play today. Oh, okay. So, uh, but if he does play center, I just want to see consistency of snaps. And I think that yeah. was the thing that impressed me. He had one really bad snap to Ian Book on the Thursday practice that uh, – uh, that Ian had to make a, a great catch on, but other than that, I thought his snaps were good. But you know, can you? It's one thing to do it for three straight reps and then sure. you move. Uh, can he do it for thirty snaps, forty snaps? And, and those are the things I want to see. But you know, it's about capping off a great. I mean, he already made his statement during the week. I, I thought he did a great job. Now it's like, can you finish off with with it? And, and you know, from from talking to some people, it, you know, and from talking to people, and then Jim Nagy, the executive director, also had said, I believe it was him talked about how great the interviews are going to go. That's the part Robert Haynes is always going to crush. I mean, Absolutely. he's always going to kill it when it comes to interviews because he's just genuinely a great kid. He's an honest kid. Um, he's he's a, he's a he's what you'd expect from a Pittsburgh kid. Blunt, honest, but also respectful uh, and and and, um, and a great leader. You know, you just he's a he's a he's a he's an underrated player and I think his week this week is going to cause some people to say, Hey, look, boy, this, this kid's a lot, maybe a lot better than I thought. And, and he had a, he, I thought he had an excellent week. Well, and his versatility sounds like it's going to be, uh, you know, only an yeah. advantage as well. Yeah, we he, played, about- he, he took snaps this week at every position except left tackle. Yeah. But like I said, we, when we talked about Jared Patterson in our last uh, mm-hmm. podcast about where Notre Dame sees him fitting in next week, next year and, and how he could play any position uh, on the offensive line, Robert Hainsey kind of fits that mold as well. And that is only going to make him that much more, right. uh, you know, applicable in the NFL, because right. if you're, if you're looking for 
you know, a guy uh, who could play multiple positions, you only have 53 man rosters, right? Right. So if you can have one less lineman on your 53 man roster, that means you've got to spot someplace else for somebody else. And the thing is they don't dress. This is the stupidest thing the NFL does. They have like 53, 54. What'd you say it was 53 man rosters? Well, it's usually 53. It was more. They don't dress all of them. Right. (laughs) Normal year, but they don't dress all of them. Like you you have certain players that are, part of your 53-man roster that you, you only dress, I think, in the 40s, yeah. I, I believe is correct. Well, and so, I, don't, I don't know about that. But yeah, I, and so, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like some guys are active and some aren't, you know. Sure. But, um, oh, yeah, good point. And uh, so, you, I mean, if you can only – sometimes you only have seven or eight offensive linemen that are, right. that are basically dressed. And, it, and like you said, you that means somebody has to be able to play two spots, you right. know. And so um, having a guy that could – could really play all five positions on the offensive line to a certain degree. And, and that's what's helped Alex Bars, you know, with the Bears. I mean, that's what got Alex Bars playing time initially was he can play center, yep. guard, or tackle. And now he's Absolutely. starting for the Bears, you know. And, and Robert Hainsey, to me, is in a similar situation where I think he's an interior player in the NFL. So I think capping the week off by playing well inside, continuing to play well inside is going to be good for him. Sure. Uh, but, you know, he can also play tackle in a pinch. I don't know if he has the length to be an every down 16-game starter at tackle which is why they worked him at center and guard. But mm-hmm. if you had to throw him out there in the middle of like the Dallas Cowboys this year with all the injuries they had, they had to bump Zach Martin out to tackle. Robert Haynes, he could be similar situation. He's going to go out there and he's not going to embarrass himself. You right. know what I mean? Um, but um, I thought he had a great week. He certainly helped Good. himself. Well, let's talk about the headliner, uh, the one everybody's talking about. And the one we had an entire segment on uh, on Sportsbeat last night talked about what Ian Book is doing uh, down at the Senior Bowl, and a lot of the, a lot of the talk has been very interesting. And uh, you and I are going to get more in depth tomorrow, and this is kind of where I want to bring more of this conversation uh, into it. I've got some quotes that I want to read to you and get your opinion on some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but from your opinion up to this point, how has Ian Book looked, and what does he need to do to kind of solidify? Uh, what I'm hearing from from other folks. I've been impressed with what Ian has done this week. And, and the, the before the Senior Bowl started, I was on Sportsbeat with you guys, and they asked me what was the one thing that you that I thought NFL teams are going to be most surprised by when they see him book play. And I said, they're going to be surprised by his arm strength. Because that's the one thing I've been saying for two years that people don't yeah. understand about Ian Book is his lack of success throwing the ball downfield has nothing to do with his lack of arm strength. Nothing. Yeah, right. I agree. And so um, I think people are surprised that he's making some of the downfield throws that he's made. You know, on on day two, for example, I thought he was good on day one. Just good. Like, you know, good decision-making, accuracy, you know, nothing, you know, good day. Nothing to be like, oh, my gosh, what a great day. Day two, he got better. He started making some more downfield throws. He had two corner routes um, and a seam route on day two where it was just it's like the ball just kept going. Like, you know, you're thinking it's going to be like a typical Ian Book throw at Notre Dame where he's going to back shoulder everything. And he did some of that on deep balls. There were two times on deep balls on day two that he tried to back shoulder it where he needed to to, to lead the guy. But the corner routes that he was hitting were really impressive because he was getting the ball over top. But uh, the other thing about it too, Vince, is, you know, sometimes you can, you can float a corner route. You need to get air on a corner route. You just can't throw a line drive. But you also need to get air on it. Yeah, there's a happy and, medium. Yeah, and and a lot of quarterbacks have have trouble with that. Nian threw it with the perfect combination of arc and velocity, so the ball got up and down quickly, and hit guys in stride. And the big thing for me was I wasn't surprised by that. I was glad he got the chance to show that. Yeah. But the other thing that I liked from him is his decisiveness was better than we've ever seen it at Notre Dame in a game. 
uh, his his willingness to take some of those tough shots we've been begging him to take for two years was impressive. There's one particular play where a tight end was running a middle route, and there's two linebackers about a yard and a half outside of him on each side, and he just threw a bullet low into the guy and it converted it between two guys. And those are things that you're like, wish I would have seen that at Notre Dame. Um, you know, yeah. so I was really impressed by what he did. I thought, you know, yesterday in practice, his, his third day of practice might have been his best day. But uh, it's either second or third day where his best days. But, you know, I thought his decision-making was good. You know, he scrambled a lot more yesterday because they did a lot more team. But you break down the film and you're like, yeah, that was a smart scramble because nobody was coming open. Like, there was no threat of anyone. Like, all the – but there's nobody open, no separation stuff that people said wrongly about Notre Dame's receivers the last two years were actually right. happening at the senior bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought – you know, I thought he was multiple times. You can see his body language like he's ready to throw, but then he sees the guy like get jammed up and then he just takes off, you know. Right. So it wasn't the the panicky takeoff that people have accused him of at Notre Dame. And at times he has been at Notre Dame. It was genuinely he hit his drop. He went to his one, two, three. Nobody was even thinking about coming open and he took off. And I thought those are good things. People are going to see that on film and they're going to say, OK, yeah, there was nobody open. He had to take off. OK. So I, I I was impressed by what we saw. But here's the big thing, though, Vince. Um, you and I have been to enough practices to know that that Ian Book looking great in practice is not a surprise. Right. I, I was going to say that. I, that That's one of the reasons that Ian Book has been the starter for the last two and a half, almost three years. Always going to look great in practice. Yeah, right. Now it's can he translate it to the game. So I think of all the six guys we talked about, the guy who the game is the most important for is Ian Book. Because in okay. practice – he was significantly better than Sam Ellinger and Felipe Franks. Significantly. Like, he won the quarterback award, the top quarterback award for his team, because they do it by team. So the national winner was Ian Book. The American winner was Mac Jones from Alabama. And it's voted on, which I think is really cool. I, uh, I, I didn't agree with you, by the way. Years ago. It's yeah. voted on by the dudes you go against. So, like, right. the quarterback is voted on by the secondary players. Right. The top alignment is voted on by the defensive linemen. So I, thought, I always thought that's pretty cool. Because like, there's no agendas. It's just like, yeah, that guy kicked my butt all week. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, right. Which I think is just a cool it's way respect. of doing it. I yeah, like that it, too. Yeah, it also gets them engaged more. The players engage more, which I think is cool. But they voted Ian Book, and honestly, it wasn't close. You know, obviously, Felipe Franks has a stronger arm, but he doesn't have better arm talent, you know, meaning Ian's got a faster release. He's far more accurate. He throws right. – I mean – the timing aspect for me, there was even some a hint of anticipation for me and Book this week. Shut your mouth. Which again is something that when you haven't done it for four years and you're now doing it in the Senior Bowl practices, you're like, okay, that's an encouraging sign, you know. So hopefully he can carry that over to the game because I I think he's going to need that because you know games have been the issue for Ian Book at times, and if he can go out there today and and perform well, make quick reads, get the ball out on time, those type of things, and I'm going to feel really good about okay, he improved his stock enough to where teams are going to have to start taking him seriously as a guy that you're going to, you're not going to be able to just wait until it's over to draft, you know, to sign him as a free agent. You're going to have to pick him if you want him, if he continues doing this. Let me, let me ask you a quick uh, equipment question. Have you, have you ever thrown an NFL football? I have. Is there a a big difference between uh, an NCAA football and an NFL football? I can't really explain to you what it is, but NFL footballs uh, are easier to throw. Really? Uh huh. They look They're a little they bit look longer and thinner than what an, uh, an NCAA yeah. football. I don't they're know. They're a little if that's bit accurate. more oblong. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're right. easier to throw. Okay. Um, you, I didn't you know if there can... was a, a you know a, a 
a period where they're getting used to throwing a different ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I have found, and I've heard this from others as well, that NFL footballs, um, they're a little easier to grip. And just from an aerodynamics aspect, they just travel better. Okay. You know, and so, uh, yeah, I, I there's definitely a difference. I was just but, curious. But the thing for me, the, the things that I was impressed with Ian Book by this week, and you're not saying, you're not, you're not poo-pooing it. It's just kind of one of those things that popped in your head, what he did, uh, which – I think for me, the the fact that he was throwing with better timing. You know, mm-hmm. there was twice this week where he hit a corner route where he threw the ball as the guy was making his inside step on his break outside. We've been begging for that for right. I don't know how long. That's the frustrating yeah. part. Now in the NFL, in college, that's what you want. In the NFL, you need to be throwing that ball before you're he right. gets to the break. No, no you're, you're right. But you're this right. This is progress. This yeah. is progress. And so, I mean, he there was one corner route that the guy kind of caught the ball at the sideline. It was a Michigan fullback during a one-on-one. This is on day three. And, and, but it was because the guy got ridden outside. And so Ian had to kind of, you know, he threw the ball as soon as the guy planted with his inside foot, Ian threw the ball out there and he caught it and then went out of bounds after he caught it. So it was great ball placement. But the reason it was on the sideline is because the guy got widened on his route when he was throwing that from a, which is easier to do to a guy when he's coming out of the backfield. It's easier to widen a, a, a guy because you can just kind of get in his way. It's harder to do that with a tight end who knows how to get off a jam. So uh, when he was on the tight ends, they were catching and running. And so one of the corner routes he threw, the guy caught it and was able to stay in bounds and get upfield for t- – I mean, easily stayed in bounds. He never came close to that of bounds. Right. So those are the kind of things. He had a really nice far hash uh, back shoulder throw. The only criticism I had of him this week was there was a couple times where a guy had a step and he needed to launch the go route, and he tried to back shoulder it. That was my only criticism of him this week. You know, uh, honestly, it was there was a throw he made to Sage Surratt from Wisconsin where he climbed the pocket and made a throw down the field, and it was a completion. Again, things that I, we've been saying. I wish he would do this in game at, at Notre Dame, but what I'm what that means is outside rush comes tackles widen the t- rusher, so he steps into the pocket instead of running. He, it's called climbing the pocket. You step right. into the pocket. You keep your feet ready to throw, and you let it go. But he kept his eyes downfield, which was great. I thought he kept his eyes downfield all week, even in team periods. Kept his eyes downfield, and as soon as he stepped, climbed, he released it. Good timing, perfect accuracy on the back shoulder, and say Surratt went up and make, made a great catch. But one of the things I noticed from him is even, even when he missed, with one exception, and it was actually a completion. He had one back shoulder to Nico Collins. It was a little bit too inside if I'm being picky. But for the most part, when he did miss, he missed to where the defender had no chance to make a play. It was either his guy was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it. And that's what you right. want, you know, on those on those those vertical sure. throws. So uh, I thought it was a really good week for Ian Book. I thought him and Robert Hainsey, to me, helped themselves more than anybody. Ogundiji not having as good of a third day kept kind of because I thought he was their best guy after day one. Okay. Ogundishi was their best guy after day one. He had a good day two. Day three wasn't as good. So I think Ian and uh and, and Robert Hainsey surpassed him. I thought Robert Hainsey had the best week of anyone. Uh I thought Ian Book was just behind him. And now with Ian more so than Robert, you need to see him go out into t- today's game and do exactly what he's been doing all week. Because that's the big thing for him is it's it's one thing for a quarterback to look great in practice but he has to be able to, to carry that into the game. Sure. And and so it's it's I think it there's no Notre Dame player on the roster that needs today a strong performance today more than Ian Book. Cuz this this could be the I mean honestly for him since there's no combine now, 
and you know pro days are 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 fine but you know you're not going to go from undrafted free agent to second rounder based on a pro day you know uh today could be for Dean book could be the difference between him being a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent and him being a guy that goes a couple rounds higher uh, because some team falls in love with him, yeah, you know, which they could yeah. do because he's going to check the boxes from a character standpoint. He's going to check the boxes oh, from a leadership absolutely. standpoint. He's going to check the boxes from a work ethic standpoint. All those things he's going to check the boxes, but can he check the boxes from he's going to play well when the lights are on? Um, that's the box he hasn't been able to check because Notre Dame fans can justify you know his play all they want. The fact is NFL scouts don't care about that. They they're going to look right. and say in this big game he didn't play well, in this big game he didn't play well, in this big game he didn't play well, in this big game he didn't play well. That's what they're going to see. Sure. And so this is the thing he could kind of leave this taste in their mouth of a strong day today. And then you could say, well, maybe it was the system. Right. I've talked to some people that say, you know, there's some folks that aren't in love with Notre Dame's offense schematically. Yeah. And they think that holds back guys. Uh, there was people that talked about that with Chase Claypool and Cole Komet last year. And, and so um, now it's Ian's chance to kind of say, hey, look, I'm, I'm out of that system now. You know, now, now that I'm with you guys, look what I'm doing. Yeah, and he needs today to do that because practice is only going to take you so far. A quarterback, yep. especially, needs to play well in a game. So that game is today at one thirty, I do believe, on NFL Network. Uh, so make sure you one thirty or two thirty. Oh, is it two thirty? I thought it was one thirty. I'm checking right now. Maybe I'm in the Central Time Zone and I didn't realize it. I know what's up with that, Vince. <laughs> yeah, but I, it, it could be. It could. You could be right, but. Uh, but no, it's uh, maybe it, maybe it was. I was hoping it was at one thirty. Two thirty Eastern. Okay, all yeah, right. Two thirty right. Eastern. One thirty Central. Are you going right. to Chicago today? Is that why you're? Oh, I'm heading in the opposite direction, okay. but I, I've got other things going on, so I'm going to miss the second half. But mm -hmm. I will uh, make sure that I record it and take a look at it. Um, and uh, we were going to have more of an in-depth analysis tomorrow, so make mm -hmm. sure that you stay locked in. Uh, this is just kind of a cursory look uh, at what we saw during practice or what Brian saw during practice. And then mm -hmm. what he wants to see during the game. And then we're going to break down, yeah. you know, uh, everything, uh, each player a little bit more specifically, like I said. And then what that means to the draft, uh, in our opinion, where mm -hmm. where do we see these guys maybe getting drafted? Uh, did they up their stock? Did they lower their stock? You know, all of that. So we're going to break everything down uh, uh, tomorrow. And tomorrow's we'll have an accompanying video uh, so make sure you check it out over on YouTube. Make sure you check out our podcast and subscribe, all that fun stuff. And of course, stay locked into irishbreakdown.com because uh, there will be all kinds of analysis there on the Senior Bowl as well. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Look, this is our last chance to see some of these guys play with mm -hmm. a gold helmet on. Yeah. And uh, that excites yeah. me. I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I don't know, a sentimental guy when mm -hmm. it comes to that kind of stuff. You so. are. You got that booming voice, Vince, but deep down you're a big teddy bear. I'm a softie. I've seen you with your with your with your kids, and they're they're using you like a jungle gym, you know. So I facts. <laughs> I actually had to peel myself out from yeah. under two of them to come do this podcast. Yeah. So there you but go. I, I I do think you did hit it right there, Vince. I do love that. It's the last chance to see these guys with a gold helmet. And when you think yeah. about some of the guys that are playing in today's game, Ian Book, Robert Hainsey, Dalen Hayes, sure. Scotty, yeah, uh, these are guys that have carried themselves with such. Absolutely. Tremendous class as people, not just players. Right. So not only is Notre Dame losing, you know, players that help them win games, but they're losing tremendous leaders, tre yes. tremendous representatives of the university. And I think that's why it's kind of it's it's bittersweet. It is. You know, it's it. The sweet part is these kids are getting ready to go live out their dreams that all of us would have, you know, that played oh. football in high school and college would have loved an opportunity to do. 
they're getting that opportunity and, and they've worked their butts off to get that opportunity. Um, you know, but it's also the bitter part is this is the last time we're going to see those guys, like you said, with that golden helmet on. And, and, the, and the cool part about this game is they're going to have the gold helmet, but they're not going to have those ugly mustard pants. So <laughs> we, we don't have to be disgusted by the pants they're wearing. Uh, we can just enjoy as, the gold helmets. As long as they don't put like decals of other teams or whatever on their helmets. I know sometimes they do that in all-star games or whatever. Yeah. That makes me want to throw up. So I'm really yeah. hoping that that doesn't happen. It's just a nice, crisp, clean gold helmet, and then we can yeah. see those guys right off into the sunset that's down right. in Mobile. But uh, that's right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. That's Brian Driscoll. I'm Vince D'Addario. Make sure you check out our pod tomorrow uh, because we're going to break the whole thing down. And I've got I've got some questions coming your way about Ian Book. I'm excited. I'm looking forward so, to it. Yeah, yeah man. So uh, until next time, we will uh, talk to you later on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>